Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires. Cling to the one Open your Bible with me to 3 John. 3 John. We're going to go through that chapter today. It's a very short chapter. And there's four main characters in this chapter. You have uh, John, who's writing it. He's the uh, apostle and he's the author. You have his uh, faithful friend, Gaius. Uh, you have the dictator, Diotrephes, and the diligent servant, Demetrius. So you have four people in this chapter. And the first verse says, the third in John chapter one, verse number one. The Bible says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Here, Gaius was a, a faithful servant and member of the church. And John says, he, he's a faithful servant, he says, whom I love. And there is a big need for that today in the church. You don't have to be nothing uh, famous or be a star, but just be a, a faithful member of the church. Show up, give your tithes. Do what the Lord has called you to do. Amen. And truthfully, we're all special in that way. When you do what God has told you to do, listen, there is no greater calling than just be a faithful member of your local church. Amen. And here John says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. What is truth? The Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. He is a brother in Christ. They have something in common. They both love the Lord Jesus Christ, and they both want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse number two, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, there's several things in that, that passage there. Gaius's physical health was apparently poor because that's what he's saying. Hey, I want your physical health to prosper as much as your soul prosperous. John tells Gaius that he wants his physical health to be as prosperous as his spiritual health. You see, he was strong in the faith and had a very healthy and spiritually strong walk with the Lord. But apparently, his physical body was sick. And wouldn't it be something? Because here, Paul, John, I mean, I'm sorry, John is saying, hey, I want your physical body to be as strong and healthy as your soul is. Isn't that something? How many Christians today would be in the opposite as if their physical all of a sudden matched their spiritual? Would they fall deathly ill? Or would they be lifted up? Where is your spiritual health 
today. If your physical health was matched to your spiritual health, would you be in good health today? Because John here is writing to him, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosperous. He wants his physical body to be just as strong as his soul. Amen. As many times as I know I have something called fibromyalgia, and many times I wish, Lord, if you could just get rid of this, I could do so much more for you. Lord, if you could just help my physical being, I could do so much more for you. But would I really? If God would remove that today, would I really? Or would God allow that in my life to be that thorn in my side to keep me humble like he did with the apostle Paul. When Paul sought three times, Lord, remove this thorn from me. And God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. So here, verse two flatly contradicts what is taught by many so-called faith healers today. They say all that sickness is a result of sin in your life. And that if a person isn't healed, it's because of their lack of faith. But we know this one verse, this one verse destroys all that. Because this man, this man was apparently not well and not strong and healthy, but yet his soul was strong and healthy. His soul prospered. And here John is saying, hey, I wish and I pray that your physical health would be just as strong as your spiritual this certainly wasn't true in Gaius' case. His spiritual condition was good, but his physical condition was not so good. And this shows that a person's spiritual state cannot be argued from the bodily one. You can't say a person's living in sin just because their body's sick. No, they may have a walk with the Lord that is stronger than you could ever imagine having, but yet they have serious physical conditions. Amen. So where would you be today if your physical health were to match your spiritual health? Would you still be in good health? Verse number three, for I rejoice greatly that when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth, it is good to have the truth in us, but it's even better to live it out to show the truth in our lives by the way that we live our lives, by the way that we conduct ourselves day after day, by the way our marriage is, by the way our family is, by the way we conduct ourselves at work, by the testimony that we have, how much better it is to live it out. We should not only hold the truth, but we should allow that truth to hold us Hey, I'm going to hold myself and walk in the bounds of truth. Because listen to me, men and women and people of this world, which would much rather see a sermon than hear it. They'd much rather look at your life. And what is your life saying? What is your life preaching? And listen, nothing counts more for God than a holy life lived out in front of a world, in front of this world. That's got, there's a strong testimony there. 
Now, it's not just lifestyle evangelism where I just live it and I don't have to tell it. No, the Bible says that you are supposed to tell it, that you are supposed to preach it, that you are supposed to be a witness. But if you don't back it up by the way that you live, nobody is going to take you serious. Nobody is going to believe you because they're going to say, well, you don't even believe what you're saying because you don't live it. So listen, men and women would much rather see the sermon than they would hear it. Amen? Make sure that you are living it out in your day-to-day life, and you will be judged by that, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a child of God, you will be judged by that at the judgment seat of Christ of how you live your Christian life. Hey, let's live a life like we are the child of God. Live a life like you know that I'm a child of God, and I want others to know it. Live a life thinking about that judgment seat of Christ, that I am going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ as the way I conducted myself and the things that I said and the things that I did and the things that I gave and the things that I didn't give, right? Many times we as Christians get caught up with, well, I'm, I'm a good Christian because I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't go there and I don't. But how many times, how many times has God called you to do something and you didn't do it? The Bible says, For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If God called you to give somebody a cup of water and you refused and you didn't do it, the Bible says it's a sin. Oh, we're so quick to overlook that. It's not just about what we don't do, but it's also about what we are called to do. Amen? Verse number four. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. And here he is. They, he's probably their, their father in the faith. And what, what? listen, just what great joy it is to know that you're, if you told your child something, that they're, they're doing what you told them to do, that they're living out what you gave them to do. And it can be as simple as you have a child that's in school and they're doing good and amen, you're proud of them. They're doing what you told them to do. And here John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth, that they are living a godly life, that they are living it out in front of the world, that they are doing things that are pleasing to the Lord, that they are obeying the scripture and the commandments that God has given us. John says, I have no greater joy. There is no greater joy to know that my children are walking in truth. Verse 5. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. As shown in the New Testament, hospitality is very important in the eyes of God. You see, if we entertain the Lord's people, it's the same as if we entertain the Lord himself. Listen to me. I'm going to say that again. Hospitality is very important to God. And the Bible tells you that. Listen, Matthew 25, 45. Jesus said, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. The Lord Jesus is saying, Hey, if you did it to the least of the person, if you gave 
the least of somebody a cup of water or a dollar or a meal or a ride or whatever it is that they need. It's just like you did it to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you gave a prophet a place to stay, a preacher a place to stay, it's just like you did it to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you fed a preacher and his family, it's just like you did it to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you went out of your way to do something for a church member, it's just like you did it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. Hospitality is very important in the eyes of God because it's the way we conduct ourselves one to another. Verse number six, third John, verse number six, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Gaius' kindness was known to all the church. They knew about this man, that he was a kind man, that he would do what was right in the eyes of God, that he would go out of his way to be hospitable to God's people, to God's prophets, to God's man, to God's ladies, to God's boys. I know there's a lot about that, the man of God, amen, and that is important. But don't forget about the little child or the poor family that can't do nothing for anybody. But God has called you to do something for them. It's just like you did it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to me, we will be rewarded for that at the judgment seat of Christ. Yes, Matthew 10, 41 tells you, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. You want to receive the reward of a prophet? Do you want to receive the reward of a righteous man? The Bible says that if you put them up, you are receiving a reward of a righteous man. He will share in the reward of all the preachers he's entertained. And listen to me, this is a great point. This is a great point to point out to people that don't preach or can't preach. Hey, you can receive a preacher's reward by showing hospitality to a preacher in the name of the Lord. The Bible says that if you do that, you're going to receive a reward just as if you were that man, that person. That's what he says. Receiveth the righteous man in the name of righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Again, I say hospitality is extremely important to God. How you treat God's people is extremely important to God. Will you go out of your your way to make somebody comfortable? Will you go out of your way to help a brother or sister in Christ? Amen. God puts much, much value on that. Look with me now in verse number seven. Third John, verse number seven. Because that for his namesake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. These men looked to the Lord alone for their supplies and for their, their needs, as we should today. What a great example to follow. They didn't accept money from the unconverted. They didn't accept money from the Lord. They waited on the Lord to supply their needs. What a great example to follow in the finances, to do God's work. It must come from God's people. And as a child of God, we're commanded to give to the Lord. We're commanded to give to the work of the Lord, that the work may go on. Amen? Verse number eight. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. 
I write unto to the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Diotrephes was self-seeking, unloving. And listen, Diotrephes illustrated the strong-willed person that can show up in the church structure today. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. I'm really not worried about what God's word says. It's about what I say, and it's about what I want. Full and lifted up of pride, and you're going to make it all about them. Listen to what he says. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Diotrephes wanted to make it all about himself. And there's plenty of that today in the Christian world. Somebody that's so full of pride that it's all about them. And listen, God's not happy with that. God said he resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Verse number 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Listen to me. Diotrephes is a a great example, as many do today. They are exaggerated in their own view of their own importance. I am so important, everybody needs to listen to me. And he was he was a viral dictator in the assembly. He was full of sin and he was full of pride. And listen to me, people. Listen to me. It is easy for a good person to get full of pride. Yes, I said that. It's easy for a good person to get full of pride. Listen, it is very easy for power and money to corrupt. I have seen it on a day-to-day basis where I worked, where you see power and money corrupt good people. They can corrupt good people. People you think, well, they would never do that. But they get a little taste of that and their flesh likes it. And I want more of that. I want more of that. I want more of that. And it's so easy just to keep on going and you lift yourself up in pride. And you may, you may even be lying to yourself and saying, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm not going to receive them because I think I'm doing the right thing. And I know I'm right and they're wrong. Diotrephes, I'm sure, excused his behavior on the ground that he was contending for the truth. But of course, that was a lie. He wasn't contending for the truth. He was contending for his own self, for his own say, I want the preeminence. I want to be the most important one. I want to have control. I'm going to say it again. Money and power can corrupt good people. That's why it's always good to have a system in place where you, where you have like a peer check, if you will. It keeps each other in check. It keeps that balance to where one person doesn't get so big-headed that they have full control and they become such a dictator that even that people want to work do work for the Lord and they put a stop to it because it's not what they want to do. 
And so it's good to have systems in place to keep people in check. Amen? It most certainly is because all of us, all of us can come up with a big head. And listen, that's when a good godly friend should come to you and say, listen, brother, maybe you don't even realize it, but you're doing this or you're starting to act that way or or a real friend will come to you and tell you that. Make sure that you have some good godly friends that you surround yourself with people that would come and tell you that. Say, listen, brother, you may not even realize you're doing this, but you're starting to swell up with pride. And listen, by doing that, they're saving you. They're telling you that out of love. Now, did Diotrephes have that? I don't know. Apparently not, because nobody was putting him in check. John here was writing a letter that that he was he was going to come. He was going to put him in his place when he got there face to face and have a talk with him. And we'll see that here in just a minute. Verse number 12. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record. And ye know that our record is true. Well, who is Demetrius? Well, maybe, maybe Demetrius was the carrier of this letter. Maybe Demetrius was sent to the church with this letter in hand. And John is saying that this man is trustworthy. This man is trustworthy. You can believe the letter that he has brought in you. Now, I'm just guessing the scripture doesn't say that, but that's all I know about Demetrius is he was a good, he had good report of all men. And that's a great thing to say. Listen, every brother in Christ ought to want that, that they, uh, you have a good report with all men and of the truth. Amen. So maybe Demetrius was the carrier of this letter. Verse 13, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee. Greet thy friends by name. Now Paul, our John was coming, and he was going to confront this evildoer in the church, Diotrephes, face to face. And he was going to let him know. Maybe he's going to do it in love, or maybe, maybe he wasn't. But he was definitely going to let him know. And he let the other ones know that, hey, I have so many more things to tell you, but I want to do it face to face. And there's something to be said for that, just having a face to face conversation. I know nowadays, with all the technology, we can watch it online, we can listen to it on the radio, we can have Zoom calls, but you listen to me. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of thyself. There is something about coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ and worshiping God and singing songs and hearing God's words preached. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. There is nothing Nothing, nothing ever going to take the place of being in physical church itself. Don't you love what the Bible says? Listen, you can't assemble together while you're holding your phone. No, sir, no, ma'am. The Bible's specific, isn't it? It says, forsake not the assemblies where you come together physically, not just online. No, nothing's ever going to take the place of meeting in a church, worshiping God, and hearing God's word preached. And I believe he's reiterating that here. He says, I got so many things to say to you, but it's got to be face to face. I've got to see you, and we're going to talk about it. 
We're going to talk about God's Word. I've got so many things I want to tell you. Amen? There is something to be said about having a face-to-face meeting with other Christians. And I say that because we just went through COVID. And yes, I watch sermons online. I listen to the radio. I listen to podcasts. I watch teachers, uh, preachers on TV. And it is good, and you do get something out of it. But nothing will ever take the place of being in the presence of God's people. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, and it's something that I can't even explain that God does in your heart to encourage you in the Lord. Amen? Make sure that you are faithful to church. Make sure that you put God first in your life. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.